G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus told a parable which we call the wheat and tares. And in this parable, he explained that amongst God's field where the wheat is growing to maturity, the enemy comes and plants tares. Tares are a kind of weed, a look-alike wheat, if you like. And it's impossible to tell the two apart. Now, the point of Jesus is, don't try to separate the wheat from the tares. Because if you try to pluck up the tares, you may pull up some wheat. Leave that to those for whom it is appointed, the angels at the end of the age. Rather, you can know whether you are genuine wheat. The Bible says whoever fully and completely puts their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation will be saved, will be forgiven all their sins, regarded righteous as God, and have eternal life. Dear friends, examine yourself to make sure that you are in the faith. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And welcome as we continue and wrap up our look at judging this week. Now we've talked about the fact that when man ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he began to be self-opinionated and judgmental. Instead of looking to God for what's right and for what's wrong, we make our own call. And we see this in false judgments that we make about ourselves, about others and even God himself. When we view people and life void of God's perspective, we're going to get it wrong. Now, Ken, I'm sure it's a question many of our listeners will be asking. Uh, is it wrong to judge? Is there no place for judgment whatsoever? Oh, there certainly is a place for judgment. In fact, I would go on as far as to say that we don't just have the right to judge. We have the responsibility to judge. Um, you know, there's often destructive behavior which we must uh, confront. Mm. Uh, and that's making a judgment, saying, hey, that's wrong. You can't go that way because that's going to be damaging to yourself and to the body of Christ. For example, you know, there's a man in Corinth and the church there that was living in uh, immorality with his father's wife. So he was obviously on a self-destruct course, but also he was a bad testimony for that church, for the to yep. the whole city. And so the church had to confront him. Um, later on in that epistle, he said to some of the people in the church there, how is it that you're taking one another to court? You're taking... Christians to court to pass judgment on, you know, what should we do in this situation? Who's right and who's wrong? Why can't you judge that yourselves internally? Mm. So he really sort of reprimanded them. In fact, he says, he who is spiritual judges all things. We have the mind of Christ, so we have the ability, the insight to make calls on what's right and what's wrong. Um, Later on in that same epistle, uh, you know, there was a lot of prophesying going on, and um, he told us how to judge what really is of God and what's of the flesh or the you know even the enemy yeah uh, so don't despise prophecies but test all things and hold fast to what is good and then you know the bible says that you know for those that are in leadership we have to evaluate their lives to see whether they're godly people whether they're living in victory and walking in the light and so on before we appoint them into office and so on and so forth. There's, there's this whole thing of being discerning in the Christian life, and that's really another way of saying make right judgments. 
It's not easy, though, because, you know, how do you make these kind of judgments, uh, whether you're eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life or the tree of life? Yeah, okay, well, here's a couple of things that I think would be helpful in, in answering that question, Phil. The first thing is when we judge according to living from the tree of life, then we've got to ask ourselves, is the goal of what I'm doing life? Because if it's life, then it's good. If it's death, it's not good. Mm. When we make judgments from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that always brings death, whereas judging from the tree of life brings life. It's redemptive. It's not punitive. We don't want to punish people. It's constructive, if you like, not destructive. It wants to build up rather than tear down. Mm. I think Paul made this statement, the authority that we have is not for your destruction, it's for your edification, it's to build you up. And so judgment from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil always judges the person and makes a call upon that person rather than the action. For example, Phil, you might put my pen in your pocket. Now, I might say to you, Phil, you're a thief. (laughs) I I made a judgment about you. Whereas I should have said, hey, Phil, do you realize that you actually picked up my pen there? I'm sure you did that by mistake. No, that was intentional, and you're not having it back. <laughs> then you are a thief. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying is like we, we judge people's hearts. Uh, only God can, can judge what's in a person's heart. Yep. But we, we are called to judge action. Now, the spirit of the Pharisees was that of fault-finding. That's the whole point, watching for others to fail in order to bring them down so that they could lift themselves up. Yeah. You know, Proverbs says, don't rejoice when your enemy falls. Don't be, don't be glad when he stumbles, lest the Lord see it and it displease him. And um, when a person does fall, it's an opportunity to display the love of God. Sure, we've got to bring a judgment on that action, but the way we do it needs to be in such a manner that it restores that person back to life. You know, Paul said, if your brother sins or stumbles, you who are spiritual, restore that one in a spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also fall. Just an aside, Ken, what when, What about when people think that you're judging them, but really your intention is good? So let's say the pen example a minute ago. Yeah. You know, if I, you don't necessarily accuse me of judging, but of, yeah. uh, of stealing, but I take it that way. What do you do with that? Well, I think you ought to point out, hey, look, I didn't say anything about you. I just uh, was commenting on something you did. I don't know why you did it, um, but, you know, maybe you can explain why you did it. And, you know, but there's no way that I, you know, I was making a judgment about your character, mm. just about an action. Mm. Okay. I'll give it back to you later, too. <laughs> what, what else would you do to categorize judgment from the tree of life, then? Well, the other thing I believe that about the, you know, judgment that comes from the tree of life always operates in an environment of grace. It's an environment where people feel safe. Even when I do mess up and people come to me to point out my my shortcomings or my mistakes, I know that they're coming to me from a a, a good place and um, therefore I don't have to cover. See, if I'm I'm, um, afraid of what the body of Christ is going to do to me, I'll end up pretending. I'll end up covering up. I'll end up living Mm -hmm. in darkness. But when sin is brought into the light, it loses its power. So the more people are driven into darkness, they have to pretend, they have to cover up, they live in denial, that sin is going to have a stronger hold upon their life. Mm. And so uh, an environment of grace is what the church should be where people can feel secure even when they do fail. Mm. You know, for example, you know that we, we know that Jesus said, um, if somebody doesn't forgive, go to that person and talk to them about it. If they don't listen to you, take somebody else with them, with you, sorry. And if they don't listen to them, then bring the leadership of the church. Now, People have taken that in a legalistic way, okay, so like a checklist. <laughs> okay, we're going stage one, stage two, stage three. I think the reason Jesus said that is, look, 
don't be quick to judge that person and drive them from you. Take as yeah. long as you can. Let it be a process. Delay it. Put it off. You know, just be patient with that person. Take take a you know, be as long suffering as you possibly can. Yeah, I guess it's that expression of of genuine care, and you, you can't make that up if it's not genuine. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. it has to be genuine. And people are always willing to listen to someone who that they know genuinely cares, and even when they feel that they need to be pulled up on one or two things, that's kind of okay. We know that they're doing it because. They have our best interests at heart. Yeah. And that brings me to the final point, uh, Phil, and that is this. The judgment that comes from the tree of life is what I call reciprocal and invited. It's reciprocal in as much as, you know, we're both walking along this journey together. We're fellow travelers in, in, in this walk of life, this journey of faith. And there will be times when you will speak into my life and there will be times when I speak into your life. It's a it's a reciprocal thing. One of the uh, common phrases that we read in the New Testament epistle is that phrase, one another. Mm. And it does mean that very thing. It's a reciprocal thing. It means it's two-way traffic, you know. Uh, The other thing is that it's invited. So, you know, when you're in a close relationship with someone, you've got that open door. You've got that invitation. You know that there's a care, there's a relationship there, there's a um, an invitation to speak into my life anytime. But we resent it when a total stranger comes up to us and starts trying to judge us and point out things and mm. you know put one on us and that sort of thing. We react to that because there's no relationship that's established there, and that kind of thing can become dangerous. But I think the the, grace, the greatest thing is that um, when we're living uh, with Christ at the centre, if I can put it that way, as we've been talking about this this week, where we're eating from the tree of life, then any judgment that flows from that is always going to be beneficial going to be healing, it's going to be restorative, it's going to be edifying, and it's going to be for our benefit. Well, that brings us to the end of our series this week. Hope you can join us next week when we start a brand new one. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.